We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Pod Mavericks Group Therapy. I'm running a little behind on this Friday afternoon, but that's the nature of things, and that's just fine. Thank you for joining me here on this very peculiar Friday afternoon after a weird week in Mavsdom. So I'm posting the the link uh, to join me in the chat right now. Um, I would appreciate it if you came up on stage and gave me your takes, because I got to be honest, guys. After this week, I am nearly taked out. Uh, it's been a, a, a fun week. You know, anything that starts with LeBron James is a heck of a lot of fun for, uh, the sheer sake of content, but I think we kind of knew by lunchtime, it was all pretty silly and that's just sort of the, the nature of things. Um, but it's still nice. It's interesting to consider like ramifications and what this sort of stuff means is, you know, I'm sure you've heard on plenty of other podcasts, players often, talk about joining up it's been fairly common since the the 2008 olympics um jeff makes a good point uh we do have we do have luca slim but eh, (laughs) that came out today i'll have to find that photo if you guys haven't seen it in the stream he looks really good uh you know ahead of of overseas play so that's that's something we we could chat about if we want to overemphasize that there's also the finals that are in play perhaps the nuggets will start to close the door on the heat soon i would kind of like to get that on with so we can then get on to the draft talk Uh, as much as i like watching Jokic play it is pretty neat okay my guy krishna has has joined the chat which is uh fantastic we'll bring him up and uh we'll, we'll start start with the takes flying we'll see if we can get at least half hour show. So remember, guys, join, uh, click that link that is pinned in the YouTube channel, uh, and I'll bring you up here one at a time, and we can talk like it's, uh, you know, just, uh, well, since we are all friends, we can talk a little Mavs. Krishna, thanks for joining today. What's going on? Kirk, how are you? Okay. 
okay. Kind of a, just a weird week all around. <laughs> but I mean, I'm here. The fact that it started with the craziest rumors I think I've ever heard. And now it's just kind of like, I, I, I don't know where it goes from here. Yeah. Um, I'm still, I obviously like kind of like you, I'm still not convinced like it's anything more than posturing. Really? That's what most NBA rumors are ultimately is like posturing and leveraging, mm-hmm. which like, that's fine. Like, you know, that's what happens when like more than other leagues, the NBA really is a league where, players are the focus and the center of it. And I think that's ultimately what comes with it. I'm not saying it's a good or a bad thing. I'm just saying that's like what it is. And ultimately it's not realistic. You know, you've talked about it the whole off season. Like the CBA is just going to virtually make it impossible. If not, it's already impossible to have players on max cut three players. First of all, even two. I mean, it, it my, my friend Dwight from the, the, you know, 21 going on 77 podcast said it makes even considering a third contract for a guy like, like, I mean, honestly, like Luca, it makes that not like dicey, but just so catastrophic. If you do anything else wrong, it's very frustrating. Yeah. I mean, it really does. I mean, look at the Celtics, like arguably mm-hmm. the Celtics are a bunch done everything better, right. And they might not be able to keep everybody together. Exactly. I mean, just having Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum might kill their roster because, you know, those guys are going to take up such a massive um, part of their salary. And, you know, it's tough. Like uh, you've talked about it. Team building is tough. But when you've gotten to the situation where everything is so like not even 50 50, it's like you have to nail these decisions or you're just putting yourself into a bigger hole. It's like there's no winning and so i get like why it happened i'm just not really banking on it um like you said i'm more interested in the draft i think it's it's always interesting with these big talent drafts where like the top seems very like very solidified and yet the rest of it isn't like this feels very 2018 reminiscent to me where um you know like brunson fell like ultimately like i don't know why brunson was a second round pick you would have thought he would have been I mean, a people, to- like people lose their minds they lose yep. their minds. I mean, there has been a consensus top nine in this draft for the better part of six months. Bilal is going to sneak in. Case mm-hmm. uh, Wallace could sneak in. And that's not to, to crack, you know, on any of either of those guys. Like, I, I like both of them. I'd be thrilled with either of them. Um, <laughs> my friend Mavs draft, Richard Statement, is in the chat. Wait, uh, hi, 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 Richard. How are you? But it's just, it's so wild to see. It's like the more, if it, it feels like, and this happens in all sports, football is particularly bad about this, where it's like the more time you have to stare at an idea, the more, the more time you have to overthink it. I just, oh. I don't get it. I, I really don't. Oh. I mean, for sure. I always think about like the, for, okay, for as much Cowboys fans like, like to clown on Dak, like I think about that 2016 draft where they tried to draft, um, trying to remember who it was. I know Connor Cook was one of them. And then it was the Memphis guy. I can never remember his name. Uh, and the Broncos drafted him. And Dak was like their fourth choice quarterback who they mm-hmm. were like, I guess we'll take this guy. Sure. And it's like that happens all the time mm-hmm. where teams are like so hyped about one prospect that like they take some other ones. And it's not to say it doesn't work out at times. Like it's worked out for teams. Like you think about Halliburton, like sure. Halliburton dropping and I think it was 2019, right? Like. It just happens like Shay, like Shay. It's weird to think that Shay in 2018. I mean, like, if I'm a Kentucky guard, I'm coming out and being like, "Have you seen what all the other Kentucky guards have done?" 
<laughs> Obviously, honestly, that's yeah. what that's got to yeah. be what Casey Wallace is doing. Where it's just like, look at all these other guys who've ripped ass as soon as they get out of this this shitty Calipari system that doesn't seem to emphasize anything. Just like takes lottery people and puts them into like a hype machine, and then they don't do anything in any meaningful games. It's so crazy. It's crazy that like some of the best bigs and guards have come out of that school, and yet they have honestly nothing to show for it. Like, how is Duke, whose best players have been not great, to put it lightly, in the NBA, minus like Tatum and yeah. Irving, yet they have – it's weird. But, you know, that aside, I think I, I think it's hard to, like, see where this draft goes. Like, I, I want the Mavs to pick a 10, but I know the smart decision is to trade back. Why? The draft like Tell this. why. Tell me why. I, 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 I think it's – I'm agreeing with you where I think if someone drops, you pick someone – I okay. just have my doubts about someone dropping. Like I, I think ultimately I don't know how much of it is like posturing. Like I think, I think of everyone, I think Anthony Black is the likeliest to drop. Really? Because I think just because there's going to be teams who think, oh, he can't shoot. Like, like we can't take someone who can't shoot. Especially like, I think that's such a weird thing to be averse uh, yeah. from. But because especially you know we looked at like look at Jaden Hardy last year. Like everyone was like this guy can't shoot, mm-hmm. and then like he spent like the same amount of games in the G league last year as he did with the ignite. And then he played a great season in the NBA and he clearly can shoot like shooting. I don't think, especially when you're young, I don't think is as well, big like, did, did you see that CBS article? I re I shared earlier today. Anthony Maybe black so. is an athletic super duper star for anybody that doesn't know. Anthony black was a net. Like he, he would have gone to college to play football. Yes. If okay. He yes. Stop playing that football. he played a ton of other sports. He's a magnificent athlete. And it's basically, you know, Christian McCaffrey talked about this earlier, this off season about how he played different sports all year round. I mean, in, in the age of athlete specialization, Anthony black to me, and I don't, I'm extraordinarily biased. Number one, just got to clear that up. I have followed him since he was a freshman in high school, just because he went to my high school. I didn't know how good he was going to be, but I was, cause you know, it, it's kids when they're 14, like you just got a lot of growth to do things like that. But when you see that he, as far as he's made it without a shot and that he seems to have the drive to do all the rest of that, I would not count him out on anything. Now, if he fell to the Mavericks, you wouldn't be able to talk to me. I was, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, because I, I, because I, I, I did this in January. I was like Anthony Black to the Mavericks. Just like, and I was serious, but I did that with Luca too. I just, I, I, I would be over the moon. And granted, let's be clear: anyone in that top nine, or basically six through nine, you know, your Jarris Walker, your, I'd be ecstatic about any of these guys. I just, I just can't. I, I, I you know, it, it's, it's super interesting to me what, what could happen in this regard. There's just a lot of fun options, and. You know, to transition a little bit, Tim Cato wrote another piece. Tim's, I love love you, Timmy. He's had some kind of um, pieces where the, the word choice he's used has allowed us to read into things to a certain degree. But what I took away from it, and I actually texted him and talked to him about this, is that the Mavericks have so many holes to fill. Thinking about their offseason in a linear path is what's making this really different. Uh, because they just have, it's so many if-then situations that change what they do next. And that should make all of us extraordinarily uncomfortable because I don't think Mark Cuban can do anything other than think linearly. I don't think you can do the, the Dr. Strange and the multiverse, you know, act of, of, you know, we, we're going to fill these holes. I just don't think the Mavericks can do it. I mean, maybe it's me being negative. What, what, what do you think? No, I, I mean, there's no history that indicates they can or that they will. 
right? Like some of the best decisions the Mavericks have made have seemingly been just mistakes. Like that it's just a thing that's happened. And yeah, I mean, like even Luca getting drafted, like that's that's as much as the Mavericks going up to three and taking him and like, you know, not necessarily having the risk aversion that Phoenix or the Kings had as much as like, you know, those teams being bad as the Mavericks, like making that decision. And it's been that way the whole time, but the rest of the roster is like indicators of that. Like Maxi Kleba and Dorian Finney Smith being more than serviceable players is kind of luck on some level. Like, and it, it's not like the heat, right? Where the heat get Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent, like Max, just like guys who are just undrafted, but you do it over time. It becomes less of a luck and becomes more of a pattern. And the thing is the Mavericks have relied way more on luck than a pattern of consistency. And they just don't have that pattern. This idea that they can get players who are low value and then seemingly turn them into something more that shows with someone like a Davis Bertans. Like you would think of all players in the world to play like, to play with like Davis Bertans to play with Luca would be perfect, but you can see like his just limited skill set on that like sure. insane contract. It doesn't it doesn't matter. Like at some point, there's just a limit to what you can do as a team, what you can ask a player to do. Um, yeah, I mean, of course, like that's that's always the truth. I don't understand the like I, I just don't understand the ten and like if it's which I don't think Tim has reported it like this, but if it's like, hey, we want to trade 10 just to get off Davis, like, don't. Like, that's not no. worth it for like, that. Trade I th- Luca if that's the case. Like, just go ahead and get that shit over with. Uh, yeah. But I, I don't think they're going to do that. I really don't. I, don't. I cannot be I, that pessimistic yet. Like, I don't. If they so do either. it, I will excoriate them, but I'm not going to do it on the front end just because that's what Tim thinks they're going to do. Yeah, I would see, I find it more likely that tra- they trade like 10 and 10 and THJ. Cause I like, maybe. I think that's a lot more likely. Palatable, right. You're like trading like for like where you can say like, like you can essentially say that THJ has some playability versus Bertans just does not. Yeah. And, and I think arguably you could say Hardy is a little bit better in terms of what you could get from him than THJ at this point. And THJ will have some value comparable. I mean, he went from having like, do you remember he basically played all of kid up until like game 30. He shot like 30% from three and then he finally turned it around. It's like 65 games with kid where he finally started hitting some shots. And he went from being probably one of the bigger albatrosses to being, I I think at least a neutral contract. Yeah, I think so. I I don't think that's like a doubt. I, 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 I think it's interesting to see. Like I've liked Lively, but I think, I I don't think Lively is the pick of 10. Like, I think if you're going to pick, you want, you want, one of those guys who are going to drop well, that's that's the trade back option where like josh yeah. explained in the chat is is he's been losing his mind every show we've had where he's like they cannot pick lively i don't think they <laughs> they would pick lively at 10 i don't yeah i don't think so either i think lively is like he reminds me a little bit of like the like the duran conversation where like duran rose up a little bit towards the end just because of like his athletic ability. Well, Duran's like I a think, terrifying monster and has like real but playability. Durin, I think the difference is Duran is younger. Sure. And Duran just like as an athlete is like insane, which yeah. is like not compared. I don't have so. any strong, like I don't hate any particular player. I do lose my mind where it's like the, what we do is we, you know, like Bilal, Ryan Parker in the chat asked for Bilal thoughts. I don't have any other than to say that when my guest came on Tuesday, Barlow, you know, said that he saw that guy improve more in 18 months than just about anybody he's seen in 10 years of doing this. 
Improvement relative to what? I don't know. But those sorts of statements from drafts matter or from draft experts matter to me. And it's like, well, what's a guy's ceiling? And I, I don't know. But I think that that with what the Mavericks have in terms of options, I feel pretty good about where they could go. And I'm more interested in rooting for a rookie contract guy than I am. And, you know, we had somebody in the chat earlier say, you know, anybody you can get at 10 is better than any veteran you can get for trading 10 plus Bertans. That's a hundred percent accurate. Of of course. I mean, like, I think the only reason you would do a trade for 10 is you have to move back. You have to move back or get a pick or get a future pick. Like you cannot trade this pick and get Mm -hmm. a player. Like it's, you know, I've ta- you've talked about it and I've talked about it. It's like there's no such thing as a guarantee. Like, of course, yes, theoretically, rookies are, you know, less of a guarantee than vets. But, I mean, vets move all the time in this league and they don't translate their game. That's just yep. not how it works. Well, there's some great examples thrown at me today where it's just like, look at the guys who have moved to the Mavericks that haven't worked out, like a DeLon Wright and a Josh Richardson and things. And I agree with that. It's, it's tough. Fit is very hard to predict. I mean, uh, I, but you know, at the same time, I still I'm I'm enjoying this because I would much rather yeah. have the pick than not. You know, we of course, would just be of kind course. of like, what are we doing? Um, so. <laughs> oh gosh, I I do. Yeah, I mean, it's cool to see all the different prospects. Like I I forget who it was. Barlow was interviewing. I think it's Rashid Waller. I forget his name, but like he had a great interview with him, and and he was talking about like he wants to just be a defender, like a plus defender. Like that's his like thing he wants to be and it's cool to like hear about all these prospects and their stories and where they're coming from and, and the different elements and I think it's always more exciting because there's just so much unknown and it it's cool to like look back on not just like college tape for some of these guys but even just their high school tape like I think I don't know if Barlow mentioned it on your podcast I haven't gone back and listened to it yet again but you know I think it was he was talking to Bam or Bam was talking about something and Bam was saying like if you look at my high school tape, I did way more of the stuff I did in the NBA than I did in college. And mm-hmm. it's it's so interesting. Like we always want to take one year of like college or ignite, or whatever it is, and make it translate forever. But the reality is these guys have so much progression that goes from even like 14, probably even younger, to 18, 19, 20, like where they are. And so it, it's hard to it's Jordan Walsh. Thank you, Brian. Um, yeah, so it's like interesting to see where these guys go. I'm I'm just, it's just a waiting game for me. Like I, I can't get too speculative at this point. Like I, like you said, we're probably not going to get like a, a pre draft trade. Cause I, I'd, I'd be able to run upon it. And the Mavs are already kind of like in a bad spot with the NBA. So it's just a wait and see game for me. I'm not going to get too worked about worked up about it. Just interesting to see all these prospects. Yeah. Yeah. Take well, care, thank you so much for getting us started. Yeah. No worries. All right. Talk soon. Talk to you. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, coming up next is Brian. Before we bring Brian up on stage, if you could do me a favor, go ahead and hit the like button. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button as well if you want to join us with these regular talks. I hope next week, Mavs Draft, Richard, who was in the comments earlier, is going to be joining me on Thursday night. Uh, I'll probably record again on Tuesday with Josh. We'll figure out something to talk about. And then I'll do one of these Friday. Uh, for those of you who pay attention when I do put this sort of stuff out, I'm an idiot and scheduled a vacation the week of the draft, so I will not be around. But coming up first is Brian, and then uh, Tyron joined us there. I see him down, so we'll get to Tyron after Brian. Welcome to the show, Brian. I'm glad to be back. I think I missed a week or so. I'm pretty yeah, sure I missed I mean, last I Friday. You know, it's, it's, it's like um, that scene out of Office Space where he's like, I wouldn't say I've been missing it. <laughs> okay, you know, there's nothing right. to talk about. We're just spinning our wheels at this point, anyhow. I don't know. That was an interesting conversation that was happening earlier today. I think it was you, uh, Logan, and maybe a couple of people who were talking about Anthony Black mm-hmm. and his, his potential fit, like in Dallas, and, you know, the Luca lensing that people tend to do now about how they look at how they evaluate players that they're going to potentially. It's a fair argument. Game. I mean, it's a really interesting thing to talk about because. We all love these prospects, but how they fit with Luca is really the thing that matters. I, well, here's the thing: I think it matters, but I don't think it matters as much as the way people emphasize it. Like, I think that there are things that Anthony Black is going to bring to the table. Obviously, him not being able to shoot, at least initially, would be a problem. But how good he is defensively, how good he is as like a secondary, tertiary uh, playmaker, like a second side pick and roll creator. He likes contact. Isn't there? He's a big guy. Yeah, amazing slasher, like with zero spacing in Arkansas, mm-hmm. would immediately See, make everyone else on the team better moving off ball, like the things that Josh had uh, success at when Kyrie came back before mm-hmm. Luka got back, where he was moving off ball, where Jaden was moving off ball, and he was – uh, like that little V cut that he did from the wing, just simple things like that, where he got back to a wide open three point shot. I was like, that's something that I haven't seen them do all year. I didn't even know he could do this. Yep. And it's it's just there's so many ways he can help that team, and that he can force Luca to have to evolve, like evolve himself, where See, he can actually he, become a catch and shoot player. Right. Where the the spacing Dallas provides. And I I do understand where some people say it's just like, look, man, it doesn't matter. We just have some guys who can't shoot. But I will use Dorian as the example over and over again. Dorian shot a lot better when Luka gets some open shots. But I'll tell you what, when when Dorian started to get guys on him, he also got better at driving to the rim. Black is a good example of somebody who can already do that. Logan Thompson, a Mavs Moneyball contributor, just noted in our Slack that it's like it's interesting. He I, I reminded him that Black was basically a college rank. He, he was a nationally ranked wide receiver until he committed to basketball. Yeah, I and didn't know that. He, he, oh, because I mean, I was following our football team and it's like Anthony Black, he would just, he just, it was a jump ball expert. He's six, four, six, five back then. It would come down at these big passes. And, and Logan said something in our Slack to the, to the effect of he plays basketball like a football player as he's attacking the rim where he does not care about that contact going to the rim. Um, so yeah, sorry. My boss uh, just texted me. Oh no, you're good. But no, I, I get it. Like, I just feel 
because honestly, I, I'm in a better place now. Like how you said that you kind of rude the fact that we have all this time to hmm and haw about who they're going to pick or what they're going to do with the pick. Honestly, I've kind of appreciated it because I'm not that big of a college basketball fan. So this has given me a lot of time to really brush up on who's going to be there in our range. And I've talked myself into and out of and back into successfully at least 11 players that we could take at 10. I love them. I'm, I'm, I'm at a point where I'm, I'm at peace. If we take, if we take Anthony Black, there are ways that we can make that work, and that would be amazing. Asar Thompson, Kaysen Wallace. Hell, I've talked mm-hmm. myself even to depending on what they do with Tim and the 2027 pick afterwards, uh, like if they use that to go get a big or whatever. If they take Grady Dick, like I, I can find ways to be fine with that too. Yeah. I wouldn't you know, love it, but there are ways I can be fine with that, even like no, you I'm, said, a trade back for Lively or whatever. I'm ready to be hurt again. Is is where I I stand in all. Of yeah, this. that's the point I haven't gotten to yet. I'm I'm trying not to go there. I'm trying I'm trying to show a little faith in Nico because sure. they've been pretty good at drafting and developing draft prospects in the short time that he's been there and well, kid's been there. And and hear me out with Black. Josh Bow pointed this out to me. He's like Jason Kidd, big point guard who can't shoot. Yeah, mm. that's the thing. That's the kind of guy he would love. The guy who, who like processes the game defense, really really hawk. well. Yeah, not super tough defender, super active defender, a killer at point of attack. Mm-hmm. Like I think that he would – I don't think we'd see him like being sent down to the G League and going no. 30, 40 games without playing. I think Kid would have him in the rotation within like the I first do too. 15 games because he would love that kid. That was like Hardy's challenge was not his offense. It was decision-making and role within a team because he was a shoot-first guard. And you got to figure out your role in that and when to, like, you know, my, my old high school basketball coach used to say, know when to go and know when to whoa. And and Hardy was just, he threw himself at the rim relentlessly in the G League to no avail. And I think, uh, not in the, uh, the year before when he was um, um, coming uh, in. And Ignite. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, now he really learned where to pick his spots. I don't think Black would have to do that. I don't think any of these guys in that area would have to do that. No, Kirk, he's like, like you said, he was a, a, a high point, like a uh, what's the word I look for? Like a a red zone target wide receiver, like in high school. He would basically just be a really, really, really smart like off. If you don't think he can make himself a good off ball cutter, in I don't know what like training camp and then a couple of weeks into the season playing off of Luca, playing off of Kyrie Irving with all of that spacing that he didn't have in college, and just be able to catch lob passes in traffic and like go finish around the rim or be a good slasher. And even if he can't finish, like. He was one of the best passes in college last year. He's going to be able to find somebody. I don't I think so. I don't think there's an issue really with bringing him and trying to integrate I mean, him. I, the that, that's one of the things that we learned not having Brunson is Luca, even and Brunson was great in his own right. So don't misunderstand me, folks. Mm-hmm. Luca, we don't use Luca's off ball gravity enough because Luca no. doesn't move his ass around. But if you surround him with enough ball handlers who can attack the rim, I think that sort of solves itself eventually because it's like I know the three headed the, the three guard lineups two two seasons ago with Brunson and um, Dinwiddie weren't as effective as we like to remember that they were. But I just I'm very curious to see where all this goes if they were to end up with him because I, I just. There's just so much there. And when, you know, if, if, if you haven't read the article that I, that I shared today, the CBS article, what, you, what, what I come away with is that Black has a ton of untapped potential. And that, like, all these guys do in specific ways. But to, for me, Anthony Black is like a, a, a ball of clay to be shaped into different things who has a lot of natural instincts. And what he needs is time and development. And, you know, Arkansas 
did not have spacing. The clips of watching them play is is kind of rough um, because nobody could shoot, including him. But I'm sorry. Yeah, it's like Kevin Durant said. He's driving into like a, a rolling loud mosh pit every single time. And if, you know, that's just not happening in the league. I mean, the guys no. are bigger. The athletes are better. But it's a different kind of traffic. So I'm, I'm just very curious with that. Yeah, I'm excited. I, 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 that's where I'm at. Doe in the excited. chat asks, can can Anthony Black play D? That is Buddy. the thing he can do. He Buddy. is a dog. Excellent defender. He's out yes. in everybody one through three, six, seven, 200 pounds, so he's going to put on more muscle. I'm curious he's how tall he really is. He measured six, five and a half without shoes at the combine. So, like, I want to compare him to our Josh Green. His yeah, Josh Green that's is 6'4". Like six, five and a half without shoes, with shoes. That's what. That's about. Yeah, it's fine. Six, it's an seven, a gesture. Yeah, so it's I mean, still right around there. But I mean, yeah, his hair. Be the difference. This is a like his hair is huge. <laughs> yeah, so no, it makes him look hair. like, and, and it's like a psychological thing. Like he looks like a big guy. He just yeah, he looks like he's like six nine out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, you got anything else for us, Brian? Uh, man, I'm excited about the draft. There are so many good players in this draft. I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb. Fuck it. I'm just gonna say, it. I don't think that if if they pick, if they pick, there's no way they can fuck this up. Really, they they can't get a bad play. I won't at I, 10. see. So I think they can fuck it up, and that years from now we might be able to like say, hey, they should have taken blah blah blah. But I will not on the yeah, day. Yeah, like they're the not gonna get like a low just, floor bad player at 10. They just take who's there. I'm not gonna be mad. Like we didn't even right. discuss. You know, um, um, we've all pined for Taylor Hendricks for the better. Love part. Taylor Hendricks. Love if Jared. Taylor Hendricks is there. I'd lose my mind. Like it's there's yeah, just that, all that, these that'd guys. be perfect. That's the nice. dream. But like, I've talked myself into all the other players. Blah, uh, Kulabali too. Like, I think he's really good, and he's going to be good. So I'm not worried about who they could possibly take at 10. I think we're going to get a good player as long as we keep them. Yep. And it's going to be a player that probably is going to force Luka to have to change some things in his game. And I think he's already aware of that based on the fact that he's gotten, like, in really good shape, as we can all we'll see. We'll see. Well, thanks so much, man. Appreciate you joining us once again. Thanks for having me, dude. Yep. Okay, coming up next is my man Tyron. Tyron, what's going on? Just driving all over the city. <laughs> um, but can you hear me okay? We can. All right, awesome. Yeah, I, I just kind of wanted to take a moment and acknowledge where the league is, in in my opinion, right now. We're, we're in a, 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 a position where we're changing the guard, I guess you could say. Uh, we're pining for people like, you know, according to, to the media, I'll say this, but we're pining for – you know, LeBron James, we're pining for Chris Paul. We're, we're pining for all these old guys who are on their way out from the previous generation, not paying attention to who's coming up next. You know, and I think that really, really kind of hit home as uh, we're watching these finals. Because I'm not going to lie to you, a few months ago, I wouldn't have been able to tell you the complete starting five for the Miami Heat, and they're kicking ass right now, considering yep. who they're growing up against. You know what I mean? So when it comes down, I say that to say, when it comes down to this pick, Keep the pick and leave the old guys alone because uh, amongst a whole lot of other things that the Dallas Mavericks need going forward is youth. And I feel like we're on the right track as far as that's concerned with Jaden Hardy and uh, Josh Green. If we could get a young big, that that would be awesome because uh, I feel like for once, you know, we have the coaching staff that's able to develop younger guys. So, I mean, look at the jump that Josh Green made last year between, you know, between prior to the year before. Amazing. We haven't seen that in the Mavericks in a long time because hell, we didn't even keep our young guys to begin with. Sure. You know, 
Uh, and as far as defense goes, what, that, that conversation kind of frustrates me because basketball isn't football where you're specialized either on the offensive side of the ball or you're specialized on the defensive side of the ball. Basketball is offense and defense. There is no, oh, I can play offense very well, but eh, I don't feel like playing defense. I'm not going to try. If you try, if you get that dog in you, like people have been saying about Miami, everybody on that fucking roster should be able to play defense. There's no excuse. Effort goes a long way. It, that's, it does. that's it. Yeah. That's it. If you can't jump or whatever, that's fine. But if you if you actually put forth the effort, anybody on any NBA team should be able to play a bit of defense. They're just, like you like like you like to say, nobody should be a, a saloon door on defense in the NBA. Yeah. You're a fucking basketball playing professional. That shouldn't even be a thing. So I feel like we're giving these guys an out when it comes to that. That shouldn't even be a focal point when it comes to, you know, basketball. You're not a cornerback. You're not a you know defensive linebacker. None of you. You're a fucking basketball player. Play the game. Sure. So, uh, sorry. Why? <laughs> I, got that I don't disagree. Uh, so the the kid that y'all are talking about, uh, Black, is what's the guy's name from Houston? Uh Jarris Walker, who is a yes. man. Yeah, that's who I, I would like to see Dallas get. No, I say that we never know what Dallas is going to do in the summertime, so I'm not putting too much stock in that. Yeah. But uh, I, I personally would love to see Jarris Walker. He probably needs some some work with his shot. But, again, if we got uh, uh, Josh Green to get his stroke down and over a summer, I'm not really concerned about that. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes, and, and that's all I got. All right, man. Appreciate you joining. Drive safe. Yep, right All right. Now we got Ryan coming up last. If anybody else wants to join, click that link. Otherwise, we'll do, you know, about a half hour show today. That'll be great. Well, I guess it's a half hour right now. Ryan, welcome to the show. What's up, man? Hey, Kirk. How you doing, buddy? I'm all right. Thanks for joining. Um, So I was just kind of thinking through some of the competitor reactions to the new CBA. So this trade that Denver just made, which was yeah. a oddity, but very clearly signaling that when you have large portions of your cap tied up on a few players, you have got to just build to the draft. That's the yep. only way that and the, you know, occasional mid-level exception you get are like the only options you've got, you've got a significant amount of cap tied up. And Phoenix is kind of the same thing with this Chris Paul noise. Like, to the point of we will stretch and wave and do whatever it takes to get you off the books because we cannot have this much cap dedicated to this few players and not have a rotation essentially, which the Mavericks are have been kind of dealing with and are for sure entering with the Kyrie element. Um, and just thinking through, like I think Kyrie resigning is the hinge for the number ten pick. If they successfully resign Kyrie and keep him on the roster, they almost have to make a pick with 10 to a cost controlled effective rotation player for the next few years has to come through the draft. They don't have a whole lot of more bites of the apple on that over the next few years. Yep. Now, if you're not going to resign Kyrie, either you're going to have cap space or sign and trade, then you could do Mavericks roster building the last few years of Luca as an expensive resource and a bunch of pieces. Um, but I think like either you flip Kyrie for multiple rotation guys or you keep Kyrie, take 10, and you try to shuffle the deck chairs with Bertans, Tim, whoever else's contract. 
And that, I mean, those are limited options, but attaching 10, going back in this draft or getting out of this draft with how good it is, it's almost malpractice. Um, one thing I was thinking of, though, is interesting. I think I would take 10 and move back if it was multiple other firsts. So there's two interesting options there. Indiana's got two late round firsts this year. Mm. And I think Utah. So you could say Utah or Indiana, if you want to move up to 10 and grab an Anthony Black or whoever, we'll take two of your first rounds and some other, you know, potential rotation piece and then get more bites that way. That might be an interesting Nico play, but otherwise I think 10 has to come this year. Yeah. I mean, so, so Utah picks nine, Indiana picks seven ahead of us. So it's like, would they be willing to do something to move ahead like that? But for me, well, Utah's got 16 and 28 and Indiana also has 26 and 29. So you could say there's some late round guys that really worth like it. Yeah. What a two. I don't know because they, you know, the team building element of this that you were talking about a second ago is pretty important because I have been specifically bitching about the Mavericks related stuff, but it really does like the CBA really does kick like half the teams in the league in the knees. Like it's going to be real ugly for a while until it sorts itself out. Um, I don't That's why the whole like Luca Kyrie and then try to go get DeAndre Ayton is dumb. Like you cannot yeah. have three guys with 30 million plus contracts on a team, like no longer feasible in the CBA. You right. have to have two big money guys, ideally, and then a rest of pieces. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, the fact that the players' union allowed that to happen is insane. The, I know. I don't understand. Really high value contracts, a bunch of dirt contracts, and nothing in between. Them. I, I, it's the second time in a row I've not understood what the NBA Players Association was doing. For those who don't remember, the they went ahead without a concept called cap smoothing before the 2016. Is that right? The 2016 like CBA yeah. ratification, which resulted in there being that huge cap spike, which is how Kevin Durant got out there because there's a one year cap spike. And this time, like it just, it, this seems to really cut off guys. Like you're like your Tim Hardaway's of the world are no longer getting four year, $80 million contracts. Like that just doesn't happen. It's it, it eats up too much cap. I'm really shocked that this happened. I know that the salary cap will grow, but there are such penalties for going over the salary cap and approaching those two aprons that it's just going to it's going to discourage movement, which I wonder if that was intentional. I think part of the intent was to really curb superstar movement and like the demands away from contract stuff. I don't know if it will, though, like yeah. you, let, you let that cat out of the bag where you basically, you know, where the superstars are able to dictate where they go. I don't think you put it back in it. I don't think you can. On, the, on that note, it was really funny. I was thinking about this, the whole Lakers-Kyrie thing. And I was like, you know, Kyrie's not going to give up his shot at money. It's not like he has sponsorship deals right now. So, like, yep. his salary is super important. But, like, of anybody to piss off the players' union and do something really stupid like go sign a vet minimum for a year at the Lakers, it would be Kyrie Irving to do something supremely dumb like that. And, you know, I say that because it's so bad that the players' union would probably say, like, you are not going to do this. You're not going to set a precedent of being a maximum talent signing for that low. Under low, yeah. That, that yeah, sort which of is why like, like, oh, he'll just take a big discount. Like, nope. That's not how that happens. No, I, I sort of expect that he'll resign with Dallas like for three years, with maybe yeah. the third year being a player option. And that splits the difference between the five years that he wants and the zero years he's getting from anywhere else. So. And yeah. And, and so, like, um, 
you know, I think on that point too, I think the there's a perception that the, the Mavericks may not want to pick at 10 because whoever they pick is going to take a, a few years to bring along. And honestly, the honest, sober self-assessment of the team should say like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. We will take the growing pains this next year because next year, realistically, even with Kyrie on board, not a top tier, you know, championship contender. You take the 10, you have your growing pains, you try to make the playoffs. And then by year two and three, when you're getting to that crunch time with Kyrie and Luca, they're coming to their own and the roster is much better. Well, we've not talked about it much because it's just, it's wish casting to the future because we saw skinny Luca this off, like last off season too. But I fully believe that a, a, a optimized Luca who comes and stays in shape and isn't asked to do, 40 minutes with a 38% usage rate or whatever the shit he was this last year, that's enough to get the Mavericks back to the playoffs. Like they, they can yeah. win four more games with that. Um, one other interesting element too, that I think over gets overlooked because everyone thinks about the next pick, the next pick campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, that means that 24 or 25, the Mavericks have another first rounder. Yeah. We can't trade it, but that asset exists in the future. Yes. You yep. 10 this year. And it's the only reason why I brought Bilal in the chat earlier was, He's 18. Yep. You know, Josh Green's he's very young. young. Right. Rupert young. Yeah. Bilal's 18. And it's like, he's a three and D that just came into his own more projectable growth there, you know, versus maybe some of the older guys in the draft, but you have that, you have a 24 or 25 first rounder that you're going to pick, you know, potentially you trade the 27 or not. The 29 is gone. You can't trade the 28. The 28's there, but like there is a path to sustainable roster building ahead. The, the rules of the league basically protected the Mavericks from blowing it up worse than they have. Yeah. But like trading 10 out with Bertans just to get, you know, another rotation oh, yeah. just to make that work or whatever, like just take your lumps and grow as a young roster, actually be a young roster versus just saying you are. And then by the time it's Luca's next extension, you've hopefully grown enough and done enough that he wants to stick around and hit his championship window on his next contract. Anyway, that's all I had. Just longer term thinking about the roster. All right, man. Appreciate you. Thanks for coming up. Thanks. All right. Let's go to my guy, Brandon. Haven't seen him in a couple of weeks. Brandon, how you doing, friend? What's up? I'm doing well, Kirk. I'm doing well. Long time, no talk. Thanks for joining. Yeah. Sorry I wasn't able to get to you the last show. I just, I got the, got get the, I started getting like my phone just blew up. And I mean, I'm doing this during my work day, but it's kind of, it's, it's Friday afternoons of summer. Nobody's doing anything. Nobody's doing anything. That's right. <laughs> They're doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, I was just listening to the last dude and, and made me think about right now is the best time to try to build young talent because um, it seems like the, the, um, I guess the, the, quote unquote superstars are pretty much 30 and older and you have few that are you know 29 and younger Jokic you know um, Donovan Luca and a couple more guys are younger than 29 and yo- younger but you know the, the Hardens and the Durants and you know the people that's you know selling the tickets they're they're a lot older and you know in a couple of years who, who knows how how health is going to hold up on them guys so I think right now you know kind of building for the future would be the best bet um, you know, you, there's a couple of young teams out there um, that's able to, you know, you know, that's kind of done kind of well, but um, there's not a lot of, you know, the the the, the raw young talent. It's, it's not it's not as deep as 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 it was in the past, you know. Um, so I think that Dallas just kind of not try to hit the home run, you know, aim for stability. I think mm-hmm. you know 
they may surprise the sales. I mean, I'd like to see that. I, 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 that's where the Kyrie trade is just so maddening because they traded for him and now they kind of have to commit to him. And yeah, <sighs> it, it, I wonder if they would have just, you know, they, it wasn't his fault, of course, but they traded so much depth for him. And if they had just right. sort of stayed the course, could they have made like the eighth seed and maybe fumbled along? And then we, but then again, we'd be out of the draft pick. We wouldn't have the draft pick this year. We'd be in a very similar spot in terms of not being able to improve the team. Um, I, it, it's it's a dicey situation because they, the you know having Luca, they sped up their timeline a lot, and they've made all these decisions that they can't easily get out of. They just that's where we're all. It seems like a lot of people in here, at least, are very very hopeful that they take just take someone in the draft and continue to establish a baseline and work from there. And, and, you know, we'll see because like Luca, I think Luca, if he, he was so burnt out after the end of that seven game win streak in December, he was so tired. I think that if he's just able to come in and pace himself a little better and the Mavericks get eight more games out of him, you know, and they stop resting him. I think they they have to stop resting him if they wanted them if he wants to make all these you know all NBA teams and have a chance at MVP and stuff. You know, they were zero and eight before they traded for Kyrie when they were resting Luca. If you win half those games, wow. and it, you you probably make the playoffs. So it's just there's to me there's a pretty simple path to them making it back to the playoffs. It's just I don't see them being much more than a first round exit if that's the case. But you know what, you got to start somewhere. They, they and and hopefully this is the way. They kind of have to play Luca, you know, with the new rules of, you know, if they rest him for so long, he won't make all NBA and, and all that jazz. So, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully, you, hopefully, Cuban doesn't try to buck the system and and really put Luca out there to play. He wants but, those um, accolades, yeah, I think, though. He's he's a proud man. He he probably you know he probably doesn't care about yeah. specific ones, but I'm sure he wants the recognition right. generally. Super competitive, love talking crap to dudes, and just really, you know, kind of likes the game, being young and getting to play basketball in the NBA, you know, hats off to him. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I, I kind of wonder if, you know, the, the whole Kyrie thing is opportunity for Dallas to build some type of, um, I guess, some type of brand awareness, I guess, right. from, from a business standpoint to where people want to buy Dallas jerseys, you know, buy Dallas hats, and actually want to come and play with Dallas. I didn't see a lot of people, you know, and I don't know, a lot of people that really just said, yeah, I want to come and play with Luca." But from what I've heard before, and this is just me hearing as a fan, that, you know, guys really like Kyrie. And, you know, I'm kind of mm-hmm. curious if the players would really want to come and play with Kyrie. I don't think they really take into consideration, you know, the perception, you know, the general perception of him, you know, in context to the media. But, you know, in terms of how players speak, speak on him, how highly they regard him. Yeah. Kind of this opportunity yeah. for Dallas to really, you know, um, do something they haven't done before, actually, you know, attract people to come in. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We we got this this free agency. They don't really have much to work with, so I don't have high expectations. But, you know, if, if they re-sign Kyrie and then you head into next year, who knows? But, well, Brandon, you got anything else for us? No, man. And just, just one more thing, man. I was just, I was just wondering, you know, if just – if Chris Paul was to hang it up today, would, would he be a legitimate NBA player? Or do you think that he would get in there off of just name 
Hall of Fame? Oh, I mean, because it's it's all your basketball career, it's college, it's international play. I think he makes it. Um, he, I mean, when you compare him and Darren Williams coming in in the same draft class, and he's just outlived Williams by such a long period, plus the gold medal right. stuff, I, it's a fascinating one. Um, I'd probably get killed for this, but he kind of reminds me of of Sean Marion, where Marion should make the hall, I think, even, but Marion doesn't have the accolades to go with it. Like Marion never made right. an all defensive team, which feels like a war crime, but it, it you know, there's. Paul has a pretty good amount of accolades. I think his size paired with his longevity, that's an interesting conversation. But he he says he wants to play like three more years. So if he does that, I think he he makes it kind of just by, you know, doing the dark thing of playing forever. Right. And it's kind of hard, you know, it's kind of hard to compare smaller point guards like him because some of them stand out like John Stockton. Stockton, you can compare longevity, but as for like assist-wise, you know, it's not really comparable. Oh, I don't well, know, maybe like the Kevin Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Johnson's a fun man. He was a fun, he was a fun point guard. Goodness. Yeah, he so. would dunk on you in a minute. Mm-hmm. And then I, and just one more thing, Kirk. And I was just wondering, like, do you think that there's a legitimate I mean, just like not not also just name, but do you think there's a legitimate big three in the NBA right now? Because I think if you look at the names, you could say it, but as for talent wise, it's kind of hard to say that these are legitimate three. You know, three-headed monsters. That Jokic, Murray, and whoever's playing good for the Nuggets that night. That's the big three. Yeah. That'd be my take. So, Well, thanks so much, man. We'll talk soon. Thanks so much, Kurt. See you later. Bye. All right. We got one more caller, our man Hyperion calling in, and then I'm going to have to get back to work. Hyperion, what's up? How you doing tonight? Oh, hello, Kirk. I'm doing fine. I just had a little bit of drink. Had a walk on, on the uh, around the lake where I live. Sounds like a so, good night. Yeah, it's 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 a very good night. I just crazy weeks in the NBA as I read about it. Zion, Ja, uh, LeBron coming to Dallas. All that, all that definitely, stuff. Uh, definitely not a boring week in the NBA. Was was funny. So it's always funny when uh, Dallas doesn't play in the playoffs but they are talking about Dallas. That's right. And uh, Kyrie Irving tries to show his worth to Dallas if he resigns. What I wouldn't do, but we will do it. I would uh, I I love Kyrie. I think he's a great player. I just don't think he's a re- reliable player and I don't know why why would we sign Kyrie if he will be always injured when it matters the most. <laughs> Yeah. So I I just don't want to give him this. Uh, uh, thank you for the article by CBA Mavs. I think it was a fantastic article. But when I when I saw the the salary sheet for Kyrie Irving, what he can money. make, I think give, giving Kyrie that money, and he always gets hurt. Always mm-hmm. gets hurt in the playoffs. Why is that good for the Mavericks or for Luca? That's why I didn't entire, you know, and I I value I appreciate Kyrie, but that's where I didn't entirely understand it because he's not young anymore either. And you know, somebody in the chat said, I think it was scroll up and see, said, you know, Luca's had three straight lower body injuries because they didn't rest him coming off a of Eurobasket. 
that's where you know team building around Luca is very difficult because he obviously wants the ball a lot, but then they find somebody else who can take the ball in Kyrie and carry the offense on certain times, certain nights. So if they're building around these two, they have to find ways to give each of them some form of rest. So yeah. it, it's it's going to be it's going to be tricky this year. And I and and I'm just saying that because I, I do think they re-sign Kyrie. Yeah, I think yeah they they should because if they don't sign Kyrie, then this whole draft was a big mistake, yet again. Yep. And they cannot afford that. But if I were the GM, I would do a. Maybe a Nas Reed or a Reeves or a Jeremy Grant Reeves signings, yeah, before Kyrie. Because I think in the new uh, CBA era, it, it will be better you have a one star and four very good players than two stars and bench players, right? All around, right? I think in the future, but we will see. It's like uh, the Nuggets versus the, the Suns, yes. Nuggets, Nuggets, Nuggets had the better high-end talent. But, uh, Phoenix had the better high-end talent, but the Nuggets had the better all-around team and yes. uh, and uh, players that can help out Jokic. So I don't know. It it will be very hard for the Mavs to build a team. They can do it if they. I think if they sign uh, upcoming players like Nice Reed. Or this Reeves kid, or I don't know, some some proved players, and draft very well in the next couple of years. Then maybe they can really build a contender for the future. But I hope if, so. If Kyrie stays, it will be very hard. Okay, no. I will uh, stop talking because I. No, you're great. You. No, my boss key will not leave me alone. I'm just like, hey, I'm finishing. I'm finishing up a call, which is the truth. I am finishing up a call. I'm talking to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. My my boss uh, always called me on Saturdays. Oh no, afternoons. How are you? How are you doing? It's like, well, yes. I'd be better if I wasn't talking to I you. I don't know why. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are some buses that they do that. That's right. Well, we'll see what they do with team building. I mean, free. So it's like we got draft on the twenty fourth. So the Thursday. And then free agency kicks off June 30th, midday. And that's when, like, you can't officially sign contracts, I don't think, until like a week later. But we'll know how things are going for the Mavericks with all that relatively quickly. I know Kyrie said that he was going to play it out, but I think he signs fast. So we'll know, and then we can have more things to talk about during the summer (laughs) as we wait out Eurobasket, which is 77 days away. So That will be fun. That will be fun. I, I'll look I, forward I, to hearing I, from I you guys in here. I just don't understand how is that only Jason Kidd has job security in this NBA. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, man, thanks for, uh, for for closing this out. I hope to talk with you next week. Okay. All the best to you. Thank all right. you. All the work. Yep. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Great show. Thanks so much. Uh, we will be back on Tuesday with Josh and myself probably. I am talking to Mavs Draft on Thursday. I will have that scheduled. So be looking in the YouTube stream. Uh, you can go ahead and hit the bell button to know, once you've subscribed, and it will go ahead and lock you in and notify you whenever we go live on your computer or on your phone. Uh, thanks for hanging out. You guys have been great, and we will talk next week. Go Mavs.